welcome to the 12th episode of ThoughtSpace, the podcast from the Center for Policy Research. CPR is an Indian think tank researching on various issues from urbanization to foreign policy, from economic reforms to environmental challenges. Today, Richard Bansal from the communications team will be in conversation with researchers Nilanjan Sarkar, Bhanu Joshi and Ashish Ranjan to deconstruct the result of the Uttar Pradesh elections. Nilanjan, Bhanu and Ashish have conducted months of extensive field work across UP and in this podcast they will draw on their field experience as well as data analysis to explain BJP's landslide victory in the state. Hi, I am Richa. Um, welcome Nilanjan, Bhanu and Ashish. So, given BJP's victory in UP, why don't you begin by explaining the trends of what happened in this election numerically? Uh, given your analysis of the data and, and your fieldwork. So, Nilanjan. So, uh, I think there's no, doubt, there's no doubt here that uh, it's a sweeping victory for the BJP. Um, all told, the BJP and its allies won 325 out of 403 seats, um, while the SP Congress Alliance won 54 seats, and the BSP trailed significantly at winning 19 seats. Uh, there were only a small number of uh, other parties that won, uh, a total of 18 seats. So throughout this discussion, we'll be using a concept we call the strike rate. The strike rate is the uh, percentage of seats that a party wins as a function of the number of seats it has contested. So overall, the BJP and its allies, uh, BJP and its allies won 325 seats out of 403. So that's a strike rate of 81%. If we break down the SP and Congress alliance, uh, the SP won 447 seats out of the 311 in which it contested, and the Congress party won only seven seats out of the 114 in which it contested. Now, incidentally, what this means is that the SP and the Congress actually had a number of friendly fights. Uh, seats in which, despite being an alliance, the SP and the Congress comp uh, competed against each other. Uh, the SP's strike rate was around 15%, and the Congress's strike rate was only around 6%. What this suggests is that, despite being in, in an alliance, the SP-Congress alliance did not work very well. Uh, the SP's vote share did not transfer to the Congress fully. Um, while some part of the Congress's vote share did, did transfer to, to, to the SP alliance. Uh, BSP was, as I said, badly trailing. Its strike rate is only 5% in this election. So, Bhanu, do you want to add to that further? So, I think that the analysis of the 2017 UP election is remarkably similar to that of the 2014 parliamentary elections. Uh, if you look at the phase-wise BJP strike rate, uh, for the first five phase, they almost look identical uh, to what the BGP scored in the 2014 elections, except for the fact that the last two phases, which was phase six or where, you know, Yogi Adityanath is sort of a prominent figure, and the phase seven, which is in and around Varanasi, where the BGP dropped from, for instance, in phase seven, it scored a strike rate of 100% in 2014, but dropped down to 80% um, in this, this election. Uh, so that is uh, that is what the strike rate looks like by phase, uh, but Ashish here would probably talk more about the possible reasons behind behind what what might have happened. Um, yes, Ashish, why don't you 
elaborate that further based on all the field work uh, you have been doing for months all three of you सो इस जो ये एक जो बड़ी जीत बीजेपी को पंद्रह वर्ष साल बाद यूपी में मिली है उसके पीछे दो तीन बड़े ही महत्वपूर्ण रीजन हमें ऑन द ग्राउंड हमें मिले थे हमारे फील्ड वर्क के दौरान उसमें एक चीज़ ये कि जो 2014 के 14 में जो मोदी वेव या एंटी कांग्रेस वेव के नाम पे यूपी में करीब अस्सी में से इकहत्तर सीट बीजेपी को और तिहत्तर सीट पूरे एन अलायंस को मिली थी तो वो जो बेव और जो वोट कंसोलिडेशन हुआ था बीजेपी के सपोर्ट में एनडीए के सपोर्ट में उसमें एक कोई बहुत बड़ा डिक्लाइन नहीं हुआ जब आप डेटा भी देखेंगे तो करीब दो परसेंट का गिरावट हुई है और इसके रिस्पेक्ट में अदर इस पिछले जो एक दो सालों में जो अदर स्टेट में चुनाव हुए हैं उसमें देखें कि बीजेपी जहाँ जीती भी है वहाँ भी करीब तकरीबन चार से पाँच परसेंट वोट का डिक्लाइन हुआ है लेकिन यूपी में नहीं हुआ क्यों उसका एक बहुत एक बड़ी वजह यह है कि जो एक एक जो कास्ट कंसोलिडेशन और खासकर नॉन यादव ओबीसी कंसोलिडेशन बड़े पैमाने पे यूपी में देखने को मिली है इस बार हमारे फील्ड वर्क के दौरान भी हमने कई नॉन यादव कुर्मीज कुशबाहा राजभर इन लोगों से बातचीत किया था तो इनमें दो तरीके का रोश था ए कि पिछले पंद्रह साल से सपा और बसपा की सरकार रही है और सपा के सरकार में यादवों को ज़्यादा रिसोर्सेज का बेनिफिट मिला है चाहे आप स्टेट पीसीएस की बात कीजिए डिफरेंस नौकरियों में या लैंड ग्रैबिंग या जिस तरीके की बात है वो और जब जब मायावती जी की सरकार रही है तो जाटव को बेनिफिट मिला है लेकिन जाटव का जो बेनिफिट है वो यादव एग्रेसिवनेस के तरह नहीं है उनका वो दूसरा है जो कुछ लोगों का क्लेम हमें अक्रॉस द स्टेट मिला अगर बीएसपी से नाराज़गी जो थी तो वो ये थी कि मायावती जी के आने से हरिजन एक्ट काफ़ी लागू हो जाते हैं तो एक वो नाराज़गी थी दूसरा यादव अखिलेश यादव के कामकाज करने के उपरांत भी यादव के खिलाफ जो एक रोष थी और वो रोष कुछ इस प्रकार के जो मुझे थेरेटिकली थोड़ा दिखता है वो ये कि नब्बे के दशक में जो पिछड़े पिछड़ी जाति का जो ओ का और दलित्स का उभार हुआ था पूरे नॉर्थ इंडिया में बिहार यूपी के दौरान उसमें सोशल एम्पावरमेंट तो हुआ लेकिन इकोनॉमिक एम्पावरमेंट के नाम पे कुछ स्पेसिफिक कास्ट को मिले बिहार में भी यादव को काफ़ी उसका फ़ायदा मिला यूपी में भी बड़े पैमाने पे यादव मिले उसके अलावा जो नॉन यादव ओबीसी थे उनको उतने बड़े पैमाने पे आर्थिक लाभ नहीं मिला तो वो जो लाभ नहीं मिला और वो जो एक कशक थी उसमें नरेंद्र मोदी जी की 2014 में आने के बाद एक पैन इंडिया लेवल पे एक बड़े नेता के रूप में और ख़ासकर उनको ओबीसी भी वो खुद को भी कहते हैं तो वो एक एक जो कहते हैं अम्ब्रेला लीडरशिप के तौर पे वो वहाँ से कंसोलिडेशन होना शुरू हुआ और वो कंसोलिडेशन जो 2014 में थी उसको हम एंटीन कमेंसी मान रहे थे कांग्रेस की सरकार से लेकिन यहाँ भी वो मैंटेन रही है और हमें जो लगता है कि नॉन यादव कंसोलिडेशन एक बड़े पैमाने पे हुई है नॉन जाटव कंसोलिडेशन भी हुई है लेकिन उतने बड़े पैमाने पे नहीं हुई ये हमारे डेटा में भी कुछ आ, हम लोग पिछले कुछ दो दिनों से डेटा देख रहे थे और फील्ड में भी हुई है लेकिन 2014 के तुलना में थोड़ी कम हुई है लेकिन नॉन यादव कॉन्सोलिडेशन जैसा दो में था लगभग वैसा ही रहा है या उससे थोड़ा ज़्यादा हुआ और ये एक बड़ी कारण रहा है कि इतना मैसेव विक्ट्री का Thanks, uh, Ashish. So it's really more of more of a story of caste consolidation versus caste polarization. Nilanjan, can you explain this more from a political science perspective? So before I get into a deep theoretical explanation of what we think we saw in the field over the last month and a half, 
I'd like to quickly recite something from a piece that came out on February 28th in the Hindu that the three of us had written together, um, which I think captures the mood of the population quite well. So the piece starts uh, in the following way. In the small cantonment town of Babina, about 20 kilometers away from Jhansi, we join an ongoing conversation inside a tailor's shop. It is a diverse group, Hindu and Muslim, forward caste and backward caste, and some are voting for the Bharatiya Janta Party, BJP, while others for the Bahujan Samaj Party, BSP. But no one here will vote for the Samajwadi Party, SP, in this shop. Village after village has emptied out due to Yad of Terror. You can go two, two kilometers from the Neher, the canal, and see for yourself if I'm lying, whispers the Muslim tailor. He alleges that local Yadavs, under the cover of SP rule, have aggressively seized land from the locals. The fear is palpable. As a Yadav elder walks by the shop, everyone goes silent. Akhilesh has done good work, but we can't have an SP candidate win from here. I will have to vote for BSP this time, continues the tailor. Mr. Akhilesh Yadav, the incumbent chief minister of Uttar Pradesh, went to the polls showcasing his development work, and he remains highly popular across a broad swath of the population. His slogan, Kaam Bultahe, the work speaks for itself, aims at building a narrative around economic development and popular government-run programs. But Mr. Yadav has a problem. Whether fair or not, throughout UP, his party's organization is still largely associated with Yadav domination of the local bureaucracy, police, and social structure, and ruling through fear and violence while diverting resources towards their own caste. Even after a very public battle to rid the SP of undesirable elements, Mr. Yadav has been unable to rebrand the SP as a party primarily concerned with broad-based development. So I wanted to read this passage as a way of thinking about the larger uh, political context within which we're working. Since the 1990s, the two dominant parties in UP have been BSP and the SP. And these are the two parties that are broadly associated with one very specific caste within UP, the BSP with the Jatavs and the SP with the Yadavs. And to some extent, uh, both of these parties have been associated with the Muslim population. Now, to understand why this may cause a problem in the long run, if a party is associated with delivering benefits only to a small sliver of the population, at some point one should expect what is left, the residual, the, 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 the rest of the population, to be able to mobilize in one place. So if we look at the census, uh, the 2011 census data, the Jatav population is only about 11% uh, of the entire state. The rest of the Dalit population is another 10%, so 21% total um, of scheduled castes within UP. The Yadav population cannot be estimated from the census, but we believe it to be somewhere between 8 and 10%. And the Muslim population is another 20%. What that means is, if even if we add all of these populations together, we still have less than 50% of the population. And these, and these populations are being split between two parties, BSP and SP. So there was always an opportunity for a party that was not seen as catering to a specific caste to be able to mobilize a large majority of the population against the existing parties. And that seems to be what the BJP has, has been able to do in this election. Thanks for that very interesting explanation, Elanjan. Can you now explain demographically uh, how the remaining population voted during this election, the non-Jatavs, non-Muslims and non-Yadavs? So will you see the, the SP and the BSP really rose to power in the 1990s. 
So the impact on the system was that a large number of voters felt unattached to the SP and the BSP and actually all of the major parties in UP for a long time. So if we look at the 2000s, 2002, 2007, and 2012, in 2002, 77.5% of all voters felt attached to the four major parties and their allies. And the four major parties are SP, Congress, BSP, and BJP. In 2007, that jumps to 82.5%. In 2012, it's 83.4%. What it means is between 2002 and 2012, one in six voters felt so unattached to the four major parties that they could that they just voted for independent candidates and small parties that were unaligned that had no chance of winning. In 2017, the percentage of people voting for the four major parties and their allies jumps to 91.6%. So only one in 12 voters in this last election uh, voted for a small independent candidate or a small party that was unattached to the four major parties. We believe that this jump in percentage of voting for the major parties almost all went to the BJP. And this is a phenomenon that we've noticed a lot with Narendra Modi in between 2009 and 2014, the last two national elections. The turnout in UP jumped from around 48% to around 58%, so about 10 percentage points. And it is believed that uh, almost all of that new turnout went to Narendra Modi. So this new avatar of the BJP seems to have the capacity to draw in unattached voters, voters that felt like they weren't a part of the system, voters that, didn't, that weren't interested in coming out to vote before. Uh, so rather than sort of converting existing voters, what this BJP seems to have the capacity to do is to bring new voters into the fold and into their kitty. That's very interesting. And what was the strategy that they used for this, uh, Mahan? Um, so I think that has been discussed uh, a little previously. So I'll just uh, expand that a bit. Now what we are seeing, and that is what I think the paragraph which Nilanjan just quoted from, was about how the Yadavs and the Jatavs, in a sense, have become the dominant castes in Uttar Pradesh. So the residual hence was BJP's strategy to sort of bring their interests and their uh, their fears uh, and their sort of aspirations into the into the mainstream and employ them to sort of then capture Lucknow. So I think uh, part of the strategy, of course, was that the non Yadav OBCs, the upper caste, and non uh, non Jatav Dalits should become their sort of foundation. But the other part of the story is also, and I think we need to. Uh, delve into the, the Modi script in Uttar Pradesh versus what Akhilesh and uh, Mayavati were trying to uh, sort of convince their voters. Uh, and Modi does have, a, you know, a script which attaches aspiration along with soft nationalism to it. And I think that um, a larger part of the voters in Uttar Pradesh did buy into that argument about and seeing Modi as an honest chap trying to do something. Uh, on the ground, right? Thanks. Um, Ashish, do you want to add to that? Two things in this case. strategically BJP ki, uh, uh, karib, karib OBCs ke candidates unhone utare hain yani clearly uh, target ye tha ki jyada se jyada non yadav pratinidhi ko hum uh, uh, ticket deke 
उसके वोटर्स को अट्रैक्ट करें ठीक उसी तरह जो करीब तकरीबन एटी फाइव एस रिजर्व कॉन्स्टिट्यूंसीज हैं यूपी में उसमें से 25 जाटब हैं उसके अलावा ज़्यादातर नॉन जाटब दलित जो हैं उनको टिकट डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन किया गया तो क्लियरली एक स्ट्रेटिक लेवल पे टिकट डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन में और ऑन द ग्राउंड कैंपेन के दौरान भी बीजेपी ने काफ़ी सारे मास्टर गेम खेले हैं थैंक यू आशीष फॉर एक्सप्लेनिंग दैट एंड दैट आल्सो एक्सप्लेन्स व्हाई बीजेपी हैंडेड आउट नो मुस्लिम टिकट्स नाउ लेट मी कम बैक टू नीलांजन एंड गिवन दैट यू ऑल्सो डेड फील वर्क इन बिहार ड्यूरिंग द बिहार इलेक्शन ऑल द फैक्टर्स वल्सो प्रेजेंट इन बिहार येट दी आउटकम वॉज डिफरेंट वाई सो so we've yet to speak too much about akhilesh yadav uh in this discussion and akhilesh yadav played an interesting strategy he was basically given a difficult uh, a difficult hand uh he had a party that was associated with yadav domination on the ground and over the last year or two he has sought to create an image as a broad based development oriented worker and someone who isn't just interested in caste specific distribution but it seems that he was never able to fully create that image on the ground based on our field work the difference in bihar is that you have somebody like nitish kumar while he is associated with the kurmi community he's not seen as somebody who distributes benefits only to the kurmi population so when lalu and nitish got together in bihar that was a coalition that was seen as possibly being able to deliver benefits to a broad swath of the population and that is something that mayavati and uh, akhilesh were never able to create the aura of so when it came down to it a backward caste person who was not in the jatav community who was not in the yadav community many times felt even closer to an upper caste leader than to a yadav leader leader or to a jatav leader and that is not the kind of phenomenon that you saw in bihar so in bihar you did see a significant amount of consolidation of the backward castes against the general and forward castes whereas in up we see a complete flip where the bjp was able to actually win a large swath in fact the vast majority of the backward castes Thank you and that's a very interesting flip and I think that brings me to the last question of this podcast why why don't all three of you comment now on what is the future of UP So let me start and then I'll hand it over to my colleagues here When we look at this massive mandate one of the things that we will have to see in the future is those populations that were not supportive of the BJP and we believe those to be largely the yadav muslim and jatav populations and altogether those populations constitute almost 40% of the population of the state uh how will the bjp be able to bring that population to the fold the reality is that if 40% of the population feels completely unincluded and completely disregarded by the by the ruling dispensation that creates the capacity for a lot of social upheaval for a lot of violence anything particularly for the muslims who are part of this 40% i think that the the real concern here uh when it comes to hindu muslim conflict is that as long as a ruling party is there that can be 
plausibly seen as a peacemaker and a negotiator between the Hindu and Muslim populations, one can dampen uh, possible conflagrations between the population. But if the party in power and the rulers on the ground, the leaders on the ground, are not seen as being capable of negotiating between the two communities, you really have the fear, you really have the chance that these small conflagrations could explode and, and, and become uh, you know, much more present than they have been in the past. Banu? Uh, so on, on UP, I think, uh, you know, Sankarshan Thakur had written in the Telegraph that UP is not one state but many states. And I think that uh, the BJP has its task cut out. I mean, Bundelkhand has been uh, under drought, under a spell of drought for a while now. Western UP, even though is economically well off, uh, but we see that charts do not have anything else beyond agriculture. Um, similarly, Eastern UP, visibly, as we traveled across Eastern UP, is is much worse off than any part of Uttar Pradesh. Uh, and there's huge migration out of that region into big cities in India. Uh, so that's one. And the second thing is, I think that for moving on, I think uh, now that Mr. Modi's capability at you know winning elections has is 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 unquestionable. Um, it 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 is uh, a fact that now he has to sort of deliver on something more concrete in terms of his promises that he's made to the Uttar Pradesh electorate. Uh, so uh, there are, for instance, farmer loan that he's promised to waive off. Uh, a number of other benefits uh, to women and young people in Uttar Pradesh. But I think beyond that, the central question of jobs uh, would remain central, which I think uh, is an important question for not just UP, but for other states as well. Um, I mean, for the country as well. Thanks, Ashish. एक महत्वपूर्ण सवाल भारतीय राजनीति में कही जाती है कि दिल्ली का जो सत्ता है उसके रास्ता कहीं ना कहीं लखनऊ से होते हुए जाती है और आप 2014 में भी देखेंगे मोदी जी को जो मैसिव मैंडेट मिला था लखनऊ में दिल्ली के रास्ता उनके लिए आसान हो गया था तो मैं ये 2017 के मैंडेट को अगर उसको थोड़ा दो के रास्ते से देखें तो जो दो और सत्रह की जो परिणाम है वो लगभग बराबर हैं अब बीजेपी के लिए भी और जो अपोजिशन पार्टीज हैं सपा और बसपा और उसमें थोड़ा कांग्रेस को भी इंक्लूड करें अर्थमेटिकली देखें हम अंक गणित की दृष्टि से तो जो जो 40 परसेंट है उसका कंसोलिडेशन अगर ये दोनों पार्टियां सपा और बसपा अलग अलग लड़ती हैं तो बीजेपी के लिए मुझे लगता है कि अभी भी रास्ता दो के लिए थोड़ा आसान हो जाएगा लेकिन अगर ये तीनों कंबाइंडली अगर साथ करते हैं तो एक नया चैलेंज यूपी में बीजेपी को आ, ये लोग मिलके दे सकते हैं जो कि उनके लिए दिल्ली का भी रास्ता में थोड़ा सा रुकावट या थोड़े से कहते हैं कि प्रतिबंध लगा सकते हैं थैंक यू नीलांजन भानु आशीष फॉर एक्सप्लेनिंग द रोड If you enjoyed this episode of Thought Space and want to learn more about the research CPR does across various topics, please subscribe to our mailing list and social media channels through our website www.cprindia.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at cpr_india.